Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Maddie, how's everyone this morning? How you doing, Lyle? Yeah, doing great, Maddie. So good to be here. Good to be alive today. It is a good day. It is a good day. What are you thankful for, thankful for this morning? What am I thankful for this morning? Simple blessings. Simple blessings. Last night, we, um, I did a bunch of chores, went down to the computer store, dropped off some gear for repair and bits and pieces, and uh, it got a little bit late, so we thought we were there with the family, so we thought, let's go out for, um, for a bite to eat. Why not? Why not? And um, just went down to the courtyard and grabbed a... Wood fire pizza from uh, from one of those caravans, um, pizza pizza making caravans, and uh, some ice cream. There was a couple of musicians playing some glorious noise in the corner, and it was just <laughs> it was just simple and awesome. beautiful, and the family really enjoyed it. Yeah, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for. Okay, so this is this is it was uh, 29 degrees this morning when I got up, but 29 degrees when it's dark. And when there's a wind blowing, it's actually quite pleasant. It is a little bit of breeze. I walked outside and it was just like, ah, this is really pleasant. That was after a really rather hot, sticky night. But um, (laughs) yeah, you've got to find something uh, to be thankful for for in the hot weather. It did hit 43 degrees on my back porch yesterday, so that was a little warm. Coming up in the uh, news stories today, we're going to be talking about... uh, Well, actually, we're going to be talking a fair bit about this coronavirus. Uh, We've got a big story coming up on that. it is really front and centre to the news at the moment and is creating quite the scare around the world and some some of the biggest uh, public health you know, lockdowns that have ever taken place on the planet. We're going to look at some of the reasons why. This is a reminder, you're listening to The Delayed Broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. It's 
Show with Maddie and Lyle this morning. Good morning, Maddie. Let's have a let's let's kick off our quiz for the day, and uh, we'll just grab a quiz card there. What's our first clue? Here we go. What book am I? Quote: Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. All right, there you go. You've got a challenge for you this morning. It's a great quote right there. Good verse. We should do a little bit of. Uh, Self-examination on occasion. Mm. And uh, the number to call is 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us on 0491-064-669 if you know the answer to that one. So 1-800-324-843 if you can tell us which book of the Bible says that we should examine ourselves whether we are in the faith. Yeah. You want to give it a crack? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I should. Not I should. Came on this morning. I, I know the region of the Bible, but <laughs> the specific book is, uh, yeah, anyway. Yep. Call or text through if you know the answer. Double prizes available. Oh. If they get it before I do, they got they okay. get double, double prizes. <laughs> what are we giving away today? Um, to be announced in the next section. I think I've got a good idea. Oh, okay. You've got something? Uh, I've got okay. a good yeah, idea. Yeah. I think we should give away History of Tomorrow. By Julian Archer, our very own Julian Archer. Yes, definitely, definitely, absolutely, very, very good one right there. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, moving on with the show. What have we got for positively different news? Positively different. Yes. Before we start talking about the coronavirus, let's uh, let's look at some good news. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> got, I've got a few really cool ones this uh, this morning. Um, the first is I love technology, so my first one's got to do with technology. Um, there's a Brazilian pianist called uh, Jean Carlos Martins, and uh, he's uh, about 79 years old, about 20 years ago, and he's a fantastic. He's world class in terms of this, his skill level. He used to do concert. Um, concerts and stuff like that. Uh, he lost his uh, use of his hands in a, a couple of accidents about 20 years ago. He, um, yeah, since then he's only been able to conduct and he's, he's lost the use of his hands. So he's got a little bit of um, uh, mobility, if you want, or use in his left hand, his right hand, just his thumb and a little bit of his index finger. So he still uh, attempts to play yep. just using the fingers that he's got. 
Well, only recently he's been approached and uh, a company has developed a... a um, actually, I don't even know if it's a company or if it's a person came to him and said, I want to develop bionic gloves so that you can play again. Um, You're how kidding. amazing is that? You're kidding. So, only recently, a fellow by the name of um, Ubiracha Bizarro Costa came to him after the after a concert and said, "Can you try on these gloves?" Um, obviously, the first pair didn't work, but they 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 uh, continued working on over a couple of over, over a few months, and he ended up with a pair of bionic gloves that allow him to play again. And he's seventy nine years old, and his goal is to do concerts again. How cool is that? So these are these gloves. You can actually play the. I gotta gotta wrap my head around this. Okay, so, so what it does? Uh, how, does it does it does it wire? Are they wired into your nervous system in your arms, or are they sensing movements that you want to make with your fingers? With Giancarlo's particular case, so he can depress his fingers. So he can put his hands over the top of the keys and yep. press his finger uh, press his fingers down not, to depress the keys. Just not hard enough to make sound. Uh, even that, he can't lift them back up. So these gloves actually once. Uh, he's depressed his fingers on the keys and played a key. We'll lift his fingers back up. So it's like an assisted... Um, so they're almost like specialist gloves for playing the piano. Pretty much. Yep. That's amazing. That's incredible. <laughs> Guess how much they cost to build? Uh, many millions of dollars, I'm sure. That's fantastic. Very cool. You've got to love a story like that. Definitely, definitely. Humans are amazing, praise God. He's another good... Something like that. Yeah, he's another great one Um, in relation to the bushfires. There is a small town on the other side of the world in France, 15,000 kilometres away, that has decided to support the Australian bushfires with whatever they can. Oh, nice. Praise the Lord. It's amazing. There's a little bit of history behind this because this town is Villa Bretonneau. Villas Bretonneau. Yes. That and name th- that name rings a bell immediately. Yep. For those that are um, war veteran um, enthusiasts, you will know that Australia back in, um, in World, World War I, War I yeah. um, liberated this small town. There's At a tremendous there. cost. Yes, and so you can imagine all these people in Europe watching the news of what's going on in Australia with the fires. Uh, I've had friends from from Europe message me, "Hey, God, you got you guys okay over there? Like this uh-huh, is, this uh-huh. looks pretty insane over here." Yeah. And this town, um, you know, an initiative headed up by the mayor Patrick Simon um, of Villas Bretonneau said, "We got to we got to help out Australia." So they rallied together, and they are fundraising and doing all they can to support the um, the bushfire efforts over here. How good's that? That's amazing. That's, That's just good. a fantastic story it's uh, yeah. you know i mean how long ago was it since australians liberated um liberated that town it would well, be one. over 100 years over 100 now. years yeah. yes well over 100 years since because it was like what 1917 or something was, like I that yeah it was 1917 so that we this is a multi-generational debt uh, 1918 april 1918 1918 yeah okay. and and they've they've remembered and said yeah and look if you're thinking i want to help as well just very easily head on over to um, adra.org.au forward slash projects forward slash disasters and, and you can uh, also support the uh, disaster relief there yeah well if you head to if you head there. to adra ad adra dot org dot au yep and follow the links and follow the links you better yep yeah now I've got, I've got a question for you Lyle okay do you ever go to the shopping centre in your pajamas no <laughs> never Ever have I ever done that? Do you want to dob someone in? 
Um, do I want to dob somebody in? If you're listening, text us in. Who do you know? <laughs> who goes to the shopping center? Who do you know that goes to the shopping center in their pajamas? Zero four nine one zero six four double six nine. I'm not a big fan of PJs. I, I wear PJs like maybe three times a year. Well, I don't wear PJs either. What I do is uh, my old T-shirts, which I'm too embarrassed to wear in public. I wear those to bed, and yep. also they've got all got holes in them and stuff like that. My <laughs> wife probably wakes up in the middle of the night and thinks she's in the okay, so money or something. Have you gone to the shopping centre in one of those old T-shirts with holes in it? Yes. <laughs> the reason why I'm asking here's the reason why I'm asking, and this is this is a really cool good news story to end on, is because it has been reported that. A Chinese city has apologized for shaming people for wearing pajamas in public using um, security. Uh, yeah, they have a big, big name and shame thing happening in China. Name, and they've actually had to come out and apologize for it. But I just thought it was actually uh, just quite hilarious. I'm sorry. I have to have a big <laughs> laugh at this because this is hilarious that, um, that uh, this, this city has named and shamed people who are wearing pajamas in public. And then they've, they've had to apologize for it because... I mean, here in Australia, we're pretty casual. <laughs> very, very. <laughs> we're very casual. I think, I, think, I, I think there was a couple of years ago, I can't remember which, um, Vinny's or Salvo's, one of the two, um, actually put up a, or might have been just one of their stores, put up a sign at the front banning people from coming in in their PJs. <laughs> it was like, really? You have to do that? You know, <laughs> whatever. Oh, mate. But uh, the reason why this is a good news story, because this is a good news story. I know it's... Um, you know, it might not seem like it, but for me, it's a great news story because I would love to see more news like this in the news. You know, when we moved, uh, we first moved to, to regional um, Queensland 11 years ago, 10 years ago, and uh, we went up there for a holiday. We thought, let's check it out before we decide to, you know, pull the pin and move up here. And we, uh, we were in our hotel room. We turned on the TV and uh, we we're listening to the news and, you know, seeing what the new local news. And uh, I kid you not, this was the story that came on as the headline story for that evening, you know, for the six o'clock news. Flights have been cancelled at the international airport in Townsville today because there are too many birds on the runway. <laughs> Someone needs to go and drive up and down oh, the runway man. a few times to scare them all away. Oh, that, it was just classic. So we we just looked at each other and we're like, if this is the news in this town, uh-huh. we're moving here. This yeah, is great. That's right. We've <laughs> got nothing fantastic. to talk about. So if, if all we can report on is uh, the fact that people are wearing their pajamas in the shopping centres. That is that is the type of world that, that is, I want to live in. That is that is positive yeah. right then and that there. That is positive news right there. Yep. It's an interesting one because um, I think it was Qantas recently banned people from their uh, lounge areas in um, in exercise clothes. Oh. Which I thought was really weird because, you know, you go on an international trip, you're going to be uncomfortable for a long time. You know, you've got a 14-hour yes. flight, 17-hour flight, whatever it might be. You're going to be uncomfortable for a long time. Exactly. Wear whatever's comfortable. Ex- that's it. That's it. I see people get on planes, and I think you've got to be joking. You're going to be you're going to be miserable for this entire flight. I just wear you know a pair of jeans, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I dress for comfort, you know. And this is the airline cracking down on people dressing comfortably. What is our world coming to? Anyway, we've got uh, all sons and daughters with you will remain. So 
Guys, that was All Sons and Daughters with You Will Remain. This is The Breakfast Show, and we're about to give another clue for the quiz. Maddie, go for it. All right, what book am I? The author of this book warns that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. There you go. I'm going to take a stab at that one. Um, let's see whether I got the right one here or not. No. Ah, it's, ah, it's the other one. There you go. Ah, well. <laughs> it's the other one. <laughs> that's, a, that's a clue. One of the, that's a clue right there. One of there. the two books in the Bible. It's <laughs> a clue. That's a clue for all of those who are taking notice right now. Anyway, if you know the answer, uh, where does the Bible speak about? Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. You don't know what it is, actually. So it may be the other one. It might not. I am confident. <laughs> 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 if you know the answer. Double prizes are still available because I still have not given the correct answer. And so we'll throw a cookbook in with that, uh, uh, what was it? Day, uh, uh, history of Tomorrow. History of Tomorrow. Yeah. History of Tomorrow. Fantastic little booklet, yeah. Anyway, talk about the history of tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow will bring, but we know what today is bringing. And in China, things are looking grim. Uh, Particularly with the coronavirus that has just broken down. And China has uh, thrown a number of cities into lockdown, which is the equivalent of um, nothing we have here in Australia. It's it's the equivalent of, of throwing half of Australia into lockdown. It's the equivalent of throwing New York, LA and Chicago into lockdown. Um, So the Chinese have gone absolutely all out on this coronavirus. Wow. It's, it's, it's huge. So by lockdown, you mean no flights in and out. Okay, so train by transport. lockdown, they've closed the uh, they've 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 closed the airport. They've shut down the trains. They've shut down the subway system. They've shut down the ferry system. Uh, they've shut down the buses. They have closed um, all theatres, um, all entertainment centres, and even cafes. That's insane. Yeah, this is full on. So everyone's just stay in your homes for four weeks or for however long. Or and and this is one of the reasons oh, why, yeah. when uh, um, something like this happens, you're kind of thankful it happens in China. And let me explain why, because that sounds really bad when I initially say it. But one thing about Asian culture is that they are extremely polite. 
you know, as Australians, we're very, very coarse culture. We're, our politeness is, you know, one or two words here. But they're extremely polite. And, be, and part of that politeness is that whenever they get sick, you know, they immediately, immediately throw on that face mark, mask. Yep. You know, the, the Australian culture, which we inherited from the British, is I'm not really sick. You know, stiff upper lip. Oh, just a little bit of a sniffle. And we keep going and we spread the thing everywhere. Yep. Asians don't do that. Asians have this culture, if there's a problem, you deal with it as far as health goes. And so in China, you're going to have a much better response, public health response. You know, other aspects of, 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 of China, we sort of, we really like, whoa, you know, that's super dodgy and, and they'll hide stuff, you know, behind the scenes. They try and cover up what they're doing with the Uyghur Muslims and so forth. But when it comes to health issues... They suddenly become super transparent and they act on a major scale. And really, in many ways, it's part of the, uh, the whole Asian cultural thing. Um, so it's one of those things that we can, you know, be thankful that uh, it comes out in that country rather than ours because they're probably doing a lot more about it than what we would be doing about it. It's interesting that uh, Singapore has just recorded their first case and Singapore closed off uh, a place to a, a quarantine, a 14-day quarantine on anyone travelling from Wuhan province, you know, if, when you arrive in when you arrive in Singapore, you know, so Singapore is just they, they've they've gone all out as far as their quarantine, and they still got their first case. So how dangerous is this is this coronavirus? Yeah, well, this is an interesting. This is what you know. There's there's 650 uh, cases worldwide right now. Is this still uncharted territory? Like they're it's not uncharted sure? territory. Everybody who has died has had other chronic diseases and has been elderly. Forty uh, percent of people who have been infected are elderly. It. Um, I think that the, the actual numbers of people who have died is relatively low. But this is how China acts when you know the flu breaks out. They they just don't mess around with it. Good on you. Thank but, you, China. We yeah, really appreciate absolutely, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is a lot of traffic that goes from here to China, a lot of tourism. Oh, a lot of, so. huge amount. So, huge yeah. amount. Um, so far, it's been recorded in Vietnam, Saudi Arabia, Thailand, Taiwan, South Korea, Japan, and Hong Kong. Um, Taiwan has banned any travel uh, between Taiwan and Wuhan. Um, Hong Kong has set up huge, uh, has, has, has basically taken over all of the youth camps in Hong Kong to set them up as quarantine areas. And, uh, yeah, Wuhan itself, three cities have been shut down um, and, uh, yeah, gone into complete and total um, lockdown. Forbidden City in Beijing has been closed. They've got one case in Beijing. Actually, it's not even in Beijing. It's south of Beijing. But they're closing major tourist areas in Beijing already. Mm. Um, And the Chinese have allocated already... $211 $211 million to deal with this outbreak. Good on them. <laughs> it's just like, go China. You don't hear me say that very often because China, you know, there's a lot of dodgy things that go on in China, particularly when it comes to religious liberty and so forth. But on this one, uh, they, they are absolutely going hard. $211 million. They are building a dedicated hospital just for this virus. And they're going to build it and have it functional and operational in the next six days. Okay, from from everything you've just said, that seems to me like the most, uh, um, like I, I really get the sense that they're worried about this. If they're building a hospital and saying, we need now, we need it now. Yeah. Um, 
Let's keep those three cities in prayer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, absolutely. Uh, we, yeah. need to be, we need to be praying for this situation, particularly because geographically we're a part of Asia uh, and we have so much travel between here and Asia. You know, the top mm. five languages in Sydney, for instance, uh, are, you know, other than English, are all Asian um, in, the, in, in the CBD. Yeah. And, you know, it, um, it's very, very much a part of our, um, our region. So they, they're trying to uh, discover the source of it. They believe that it came either from snakes, badgers, or rats. That's what they've narrowed it down to so far. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, if you look at, you know, how does, how does something like this happen? Uh, it's rare for a virus to cross over to human beings, and there are a number of factors that need to take place for that to happen. First of all, you need to have um, a virus that will mutate so that it can infect a human being. Then you have to have a virus that when it infects a human being is going to have side effects. It's actually going to have an effect. Because you can be infected by all kinds of viruses and it has no effect whatsoever at all. Doesn't it's just do nothing. It doesn't, doesn't do anything. So it has to, first of all, mutate so it can jump from animals to humans. Then it has to have side effects. Um, then it has to have a way of going from that initial human being to another human being. Because if it just is one that will only go from animal to human it will remain relatively contained. It needs to go from animal to human and then mutate against it and go human to human. And then, of course, your worst-case scenario is when it becomes airborne, which this virus has. And okay. so when you get an airborne virus, then you've got a situation where somebody coughs, they sneeze, and they spread the virus that way. Uh, back when the SARS virus came out, they had uh, one person who stayed in a hotel in Singapore, and the entire floor of the hotel was inf infected. And, of course, those people then spread it, you know, right around the world. And, you know, in an age of travel that we live in right now, you know, you get somebody sitting on a plane somewhere that's infected and they don't know that they're infected. Mm. And, and this is one of the other big, big dangers is you can get some people that don't show symptoms. And if they're not showing symptoms but they are infected, then they can spread that virus as well. Okay, so they estimate that uh, it takes 10 years to create a vaccine uh, for this kind of virus. Uh, China says that they're going to launch their first vaccine in 16 weeks. They're trying three different methods, and their goal is 16 weeks to vac vaccination. Wow, wow. These guys are absolutely pulling out all stops to, um, to absolutely smash um, this, uh, this virus. So, yeah, China, super transparent on this one. Uh, very competent and effective uh, public health program taking place right there, but something we really need to be praying about um, and, uh, and, and, and looking at, uh, you know, keeping an eye on our health at this time. And, of course, you know, animal products. We recommend a plant-based diet here on Faith FM. Avoid some of these things. This is uh, Eric and Monique with Everlasting.
And, um, Eric and Monique with Everlasting. This is The Breakfast Show. You're listening to Faith FM and Maddie is about to give us the next clue for our quiz. What have you got for us there, Maddie? All right. The quiz is What Book Am I? And the third clue is another quote. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Okay, let me go with the other one. Yes, that's it. <laughs> I told you it was the other one. <laughs> okay, so no more double prizes available. 
Um, unless you've already texted through. I haven't seen any text messages come through yet. But anyway, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number if you know the answer or text us on 0491-064-669. A very popular artist here on the uh, breakfast show is Anders Svensson. And this morning he joins us on the phone. Anders, welcome to the show. Hi. How are you going? Yeah, going well. Hey, we wanted to hear a little bit about uh, your journey of faith and uh, your involve with, involvement with music and producing mm. uh, music and so forth. Um, and so we just thought we'd start off with your testimony. Anders, whereabouts do you come from? I come from Sydney. I okay. grew up in, in Galston, yeah. So Sydney, a Sydney boy through and through because you're still ministering uh, there in Sydney, is that correct? Yeah, down in the southwest Sydney, so I'm in, I'm in Camden at the moment. Fantastic. Yeah, we're living down here. Now, did you grow up in a Christian home, or uh, what was your oh, what was your background? My my mum is my mum's Adventist, brought up Adventist. My dad um, is not a Christian, even even still to today. But um, yeah, I was brought up going to church um, from when I was about six or seven. Went to Adventist primary school, um, but didn't find Christ or make him my own till I was about uh, seventeen. Mm-hmm. That was when I made it my own. I, I I started attending a little church in Toon Gabby with my brother, and that's where I found Christ. And I was about seventeen, did, yeah. Okay, so Toon Gabby, I've been to that church uh, many years ago. That's what, maybe twenty, thirty people, something like that. If that, it's a tiny <laughs> if, church. If that, it's a tiny, it was around. There was, I think, when my brother. So I started coming back to church around sixteen, seventeen, and my brother he said, you know, I'm going to this church, and and there's only about five or six people there watching a Doug Bachelor sermon um, for for the service, and yeah, that's that's it. it was a tiny church at the time, and it yeah, yep, um, and and. Uh, um, and, and Okay, so I have to ask this question. What inspires a young person, a 16, 17-year-old, to go to a tiny church like that? I mean, usually the youth all sort of gravitate towards, you know, your stereotypical youth church. Um, mm. What what inspired you to go to this particular church? My brother was going there at the time. Okay, so what, what inspired your brother to go there? <laughs> well, he he wanted to start... Well, he he wanted to get back into doing ministry. He he he'd been, I guess, you could say, not as involved in church the the past few years before I started coming there. And he thought, you know what, I want to get involved, so I'm going to pray about a church that I can get involved in. And the church has to have an aircon as well. <laughs> that had both. He could he could certainly get involved there with only five or six uh, older members there. And and there was aircon there as well, <laughs> so that's where he started. And then I kind of tagged along, and um, yeah, what inspired me when I came there was just the, the more older, there were older folk there. Some of my cousins who were my same age as me started coming there as well. But um, yeah, I, I, the Lord led me there, and and um, there was an old retired preacher there called Pastor Alex Penman, and he. He was preaching there quite often, and and um, just the real Christ-centered um, man that he is, and and the Christ-centered messages that he shared there. I was given a Bible, and I began studying the Word there, and and yeah, the Holy Spirit really 
um, began to work and um, I found Christ while I was attending <laughs> that tiny church in Tugabi. Tiny church with five people. They must have been excited to have some young people turning up to their church and giving them some support. They were, yeah. Me and my, I had a couple of cousins coming as well, and they, my, even my uncle started attending there, and he's a builder, and he built a baptismal font in the tiny church of Tungabi, and we were the first to get baptized in that in that font. And, ah, amazing! Yeah, they were very excited. They were very embracing, and a lot of the older members have have passed away since then, but they were just so nurturing. Um, in my journey, and, and yeah, tiny churches get you involved in ministry. Okay, so if you're a young person listening in this morning, here is a tip for you. If you want to uh, experience some spiritual revival and to get involved, then maybe you need to find an, old, an, an older church with about five members in it. Just uh, make it your own. You'll be loved, you'll be embraced, you will not be missed uh, missed out. Um, you will uh, be given opportunities to lead as well. That's right. You will have lots of opportunities. <laughs> and as before we get to talk about your uh, music ministry, um, yep. you've, you went from there to go yep. into gospel ministry. How did that take place? Well, one of my cousin's friends from, from the Stratford Adventist College, and it was still still operating, his name is Bal Karma, and he's now one of my best mates, but he, he started... My cousin was coming there, and my cousin invited him to come along. I met him. He's actually son of a chief that's that's in the highlands of PNG, and he's an amazing guy, Bal, amazing guy. Um, and he he came up to me one one um, one Sabbath and said, "Brother, how would you like to come and preach in the highlands of PNG?" And I said, "I said, no, man, I'm not a preacher." And if you knew me, um, even back then, and I was pretty shy kind of guy, you know, I didn't. You know, in high school, when it came time to the, you know, the speeches at school for class, you know, I was shaking. I was, you know, I was, wasn't a speech maker at all. I, I was really shy at the time, but he said, no, no, brother, you're going to come and preach. And so I asked my parents, and um, it was actually after year 12 that I went there. And, and as I said, I was, I was, I was shy, but we, we came there, and I actually, <laughs> I copied out a Doug Bachelor sermon to preach. <laughs> Um, in, in, so we went to a village and um, I preached there. I, I obviously had a translator. Baal was translating it. I'll be kind of reading the script, the Doug Bachelor sermon in front of me, the piece of paper, and, and then he'd be taking what I read and just preaching with fire. And But by the end of the, um, that message, I still remember it was a real... It was pouring down with the rain outside this... Um, this is the place where we were where I was preaching and, and I made an appeal and, and a bunch of people gave their lives to Christ and and it was quite a large group compared to the Toon Gabby group as well so I was quite nervous when I got there to preach but by the end of it I made an appeal and, and people gave their lives to Christ and, and I still remember my mate we, we came out and Baal said brother like after that sermon was pouring down the rain I still remember him saying brother you're a pastor <laughs> that, kind of, that kind of stuck with me, and and um, and I felt the Holy Spirit really move upon me after that to to pursue yeah gospel ministry. Fantastic! What a ball. wild place to start the Highlands of PNG. I mean, and there was and the, and there was a lot of tension between tribes at that time as well. <laughs> so I was, there always I was is up there, isn't there? A little bit. What's that? <laughs> I say there always is up there in the Highlands, isn't there? It seems, yeah. 
Wow, amazing. Yeah, so that, that's sort of how I felt the, the call and then God started opening up doors to, to do, I guess, evangelism campaigns in um, Ghana and in Nigeria as well, um, not long after that particular experience. So I felt, you know, the Lord's calling. So I, yeah, started in Avondale not too long after that. Fantastic. Hey, um, I've got uh, Maddie is co-hosting with me this morning, and uh, he knows a lot more about music than I do. He's a bit of an artist himself, and so oh, cool. he's got some questions that he wanted to put to you in relationship to your music ministry. That's the other the other side sure. of your ministry is your music ministry, yes. and that's what we mostly hear from you here on uh, on uh, the breakfast show. So, um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, th- I think it's a fantastic opportunity for you um, having both those ministries. Uh, how do you combine them? How do you use them together? What what advantages or what uh, opportunities do you see opening up by using your ministry and your gospel work together? Uh, so, uh, it's kind of cutting out a little bit. Can, can you say that again? Um, how do you use your, your gospel ministry and your music ministry together? Like, how does it complement um, um, your, your overall ministry in, in general? My current ministry, yeah, I, I mean, I, at the moment, doing a church plant, and, and um, one of my, one of my dreams for this year at our church plant is to, to use a music, use my music to train up young musicians and young, um, but yet some of them have got a bunch of teens coming to our church and kids, and it's even some adults that are keen to learn music, and that's, um, yeah, definitely one of my goals and dreams. This year, um, with with as far as music ministry is concerned, that's that um, so important yeah, that, to keep young people involved. It's a, a fantastic avenue to invite. Like, yeah. I, I'm worship leader at um, at my local church. What tips do you have for me to uh, to to get the younger teens involved in uh, in worship and in music and that sort of ministry? Um, yeah, part of it is just saying, "Hey, I believe in you. I reckon you can do it." Part of leadership is just believing in the person, caring for the person, also training the person as well, but to say, hey, I believe, kind of like how Baal, Baal um, my mate, approached me about the, the preacher, he believed in me, he said, oh, you can do this. Just believing in young people, just, just saying, you guys can do it, you, don't, you guys take hold, you take lead, um, I'll be here to support you, I'll train you, I'll teach you, I'll sit down and train you, but just say, just fully believe in your youth, believe in your teens, believe in your kids, and just care about them, have that heart, heart for them. That, that's definitely... That's so yeah. important, isn't it? They're an open, yeah. an open slate. I remember what I was like when I was 13, 14 and playing guitar in my bedroom and that sort of thing. And uh, it, it's just an opportunity waiting. It's just a blank piece of paper um, yeah. waiting. They're, they're just waiting for the opportunity for someone to believe in them. Oh, absolutely. And music's one of those things, isn't it? Mm. Young people, they just love it. It's just such a, it's such a great avenue to get uh, young people involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now we we love your music here on Faith FM, here on the Breakfast Show. Um, how would you describe your style? Oh, well, <laughs> I come from a bit of a mixed background musically. That music was has always been a big part of my life. Um, I started playing music when I was classical piano when I was uh, about six years old. My mum got me in with some teachers, and you know, I started playing. But music's always been a big part of my life. When I got to high school I, I started I learnt from um, a jazz piano teacher so I yeah I I come, come from a bit of a mixed background a lot of my cousins play music as well but when I was kind of not in church I listened to all kinds of music um, 
but I was playing kind of jazz piano um, throughout high school and guitar and um, yeah, and styles. But um, what I I haven't played music for a while. Well, I did some preaching. Uh, well, I have to say, music became a bit of an idol in my life as well. But when I came to Jesus and all of that, those dreams of fame and trying to be the best at my instrument, trying to be the best at everything, um, kind of was, it was paled to Christ. So I never left the Christ. Also, gave my idols and to Christ as well. Music definitely was that idol for me. But um, then it came to Avondale and um, I began to obviously Christian music and that can happen now. It kind of hit me. Well, what, what about the music? What, gospel? Yeah. What, what about all that music? And as if I could jump in there for a moment. Um, yeah. We've got a really bad line happening here right now, unfortunately. And. Um, ah. We're struggling to hear what you're saying. Can you maybe just talk a little bit closer into the phone and see if that will help any? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yep. Okay, that's a little yeah, bit. Yeah, where did I get up to? <laughs> yeah, you were talking about uh, you were talking about uh, involvement in music while you were studying. Um, you were at Avondale College, which is um, yeah, uh, or university, I should say now, which is a um, a theological university. Well, it actually covers a whole bunch of different uh, courses that you can do there in the Lake Macquarie area. Um, yeah, but you were talking about yeah, that's much better. That's clear as now. Um, yeah, you were talking about yeah. your involvement in music there. Yeah, yeah, and I got to Avondale, and I, I was thinking, what about all those hours of practicing and getting all these music classes and um, do all these you know, music teachers from around you know around Sydney and lectures and things like that? And what about that? And I prayed about it. And one of my one of my friends who was studying at the time he said, you know what, you should do music. I prayed about it. I thought, you know what? I'm going to try and write seven Christian songs um, by the end of Avondale. Like, I got to about three or four, but um, it wasn't until years after Avondale that I ended up finishing those seven songs plus another two, which makes the album that that's um, that Faith has been playing. Fantastic, um, fantastic. Yeah, we we really love the style. It's we really love the style. It's really chilled. Um, it's uh, it's got a laid back feel, uh, a little bit of uh, maybe a casual folk vibe. But yeah, look, I think music writing and um, and and music ministry in general, I think it's very beneficial for 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 Christians, particularly young Christians, um, to mm. to keep them strong in the faith and give them opportunities to to be involved in ministry that way. So yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, well, we, uh, we we keep losing you there, um, Anders, so, but we've come to the end of our time anyway. But thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM this morning and talking about your music ministry. We're going to play one of your pieces right now. Um, and so this is uh, Anders Svensson with I Met the Saviour.
Dreams are brought back down to earth. 